Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. We are back live coming to you from Palm Springs, California, on this very beautiful, I guess we could say fall-like day. It was only in the 90s here. Woo, get your jackets, get your Ugg boots and your and your gloves on, because winter, <laughs> winter, winter is coming. Um, and that, that amazing voice that you hear is my co-host, Miss Ralph Cole Jr. <laughs> Get your other boots on, Ralph. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I I didn't know if I was muted or unmuted, but that just made me laugh because you always call them, you always call them snow bunnies or whatever. And I said, oh, I guess they're going to be fleeing now, honey, because it's it's cold. Shit, it's 90 degrees. It's cold up in here, girl. Turn up, turn on the fireplace. Well, the good thing is the coronavirus is keeping all the snowbirds from even returning this year. So, I don't know if they're coming back or not, but it'll be, listen, shout out to all my Canadian friends that we love, but you motherfuckers can't drive. So that's all we uh, can say. You you know how in LA, Ralph, everyone makes fun of the New York drive, drivers. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, these, well, in Palm Springs, people, when we first moved here, we were like amazed how people just talked about the horrible Canadian drivers and, <clears throat> oh, God, the snowbirds are back, you know. And now that we've been here, like, 15 years, you know, I find myself going, oh, God, are the snowbirds gone? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, in New York City, when I was all living there, it was always the Asians from New Jersey. And they used to were so rude. They would be like, D.W.A. girl, driving while Asian. Okay, so that's um, all bad until your husband leaves you for one. Wait, so, <laughs> <laughs> or you marry one. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God! You we know. are so so bad. The day my but boyfriend I, turned Asian. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> coming to a theater near you soon. So, oh, he, that you can't get into. All the Regal Cinemas are closed, girl. We will have to do it all remotely. Oh, my goodness, Be, be sure and renew that equity card in 2020 like I did. Okay. <laughs> 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 When's that one-man show coming out again? Jennifer? Yeah, timing is everything, isn't it? Go ahead and pay that $700 and renew that okay. card in January. And then shut down. Oh, my goodness. With no reimbursement, girl. Zero. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Zero. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> I am oh. so excited to be with you this week. As I am every week, we have a fabulous guest coming on. But before that, we have got. I don't care if it's breaking the news or what. We have got to mention what has been happening in our society since our show last Thursday. Go. Okay. First of all. It's like it seems like a month ago, but do people realize that just since last Friday, Trump, we find out Trump is positive along with like 
five people at the White House. Then all of a sudden he goes, he gets airlifted to the hospital on Friday night. Then we have to put up with this bullshit, bogus press conferences from the doctors who aren't giving us the real the real truth. And then we all speculate, does he really have it or is he faking it for sympathy? And then all of a sudden he gets his fat ass in a car and, and goes on a parade around the, the, the hospital, potentially infecting Secret Service agents, everybody. Meanwhile, every day, another one to two to three people fall victim at the White House. All we can say is thank you, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because you have, you know, brought the virus. And it, it, they, they, they think that it happened during the Amy Comey uh, Barrett announcement of her potential uh, appointment onto the uh, Supreme Court. So the fact that they were all there in the Rose Garden on that particular Saturday, and they all got infected. So we had to put up with that bullshit of obviously, you know, uh, not not knowing if he's fabricating the whole thing, watching him do a parade. Then all of a sudden he starts telling us he's taking two and three experimental drugs that nobody else has taken. It was just a cluster fuck of a weekend all leading of course into him then then you know him you know him getting back home coming back to the white house and you know starting the whole drama over again being on steroids yanking his mask off on the uh, on the steps of the white house and just acting like some tarzan crazy person um you know, it all kind of built up to last night's vice president debate. And I, for one, have been saying all along, I, I just don't think we need any more debates. And at least we were able to have the one debate last night. So we were, you know, history making with the first ever black female, you know, um, candidate that was history making. And we got to see that. So, um, you know, Ralph, it took us right up to last night's debate. And so, I mean, what was your take on the debate last night? Well, I feel that Kamala Kamala was excellent. And <clears throat> despite what people say about um, the other guy, the white guy, um, uh, <laughs> having some salient points, I, I can't even. The other, the other white meat, Pence. The, the yeah. other white meat. Kamala was very focused uh, to our to the live audience, to the American people, and she was very grounded and very um, sure of herself to say, hey, I'm talking, I'm speaking, give me that dignity. She was really trying to adhere to the rules that each party had come up with, and mm -hmm. once again, the opposing side was not adhering to that, but – I thought she made very, very good points. After the debate, they talk about fact-checking, and one misleading thing she said was that she and Biden on day one would do something, and it was proven that you can't do that on the first day of being president. But I understand that what she meant was that will be the first thing <clears throat> on the agenda that we will right. address. And I felt that what just really angers me watching it, and Rose and I were watching it together, is how the lies are blatant. Like when Kamala mm -hmm. was mentioning about how um, the president would not denounce white supremacy, and then the white asshole was like, that's not true. That's a lie. And it's like, <laughs> it is true. We all saw it. We saw you it. Know? Roll tape. And Roll the tape. 
roll the tape. And even when she was speaking about George Floyd, you know, he was like looking like, oh, no, no, that didn't happen. You fucking asshole. We all saw it. And can so we can we just say the, can we just start by saying he should have been quarantined to begin with? This is a man that was exposed to the virus over and over again. Uh, he if he was not going to be quarantined, I mean, he didn't he could have done a virtual remote debate from home or from a studio, but he should not have even been there. And do you know that originally he fought against even have the the plexiglass installed on well, the stage? Well, it was Kamala's team. Well, yeah, wasn't it? It was Kamala that insisted on it and to be 12 feet apart rather than six feet apart. And that other journalist after the show with Nora O'Donnell, she was quarantining herself because she had been exposed. So like you, to your point, he could have done the same thing. Well, like so, I was just but, saying right now, you've got the president just, you know, strolling all over the White House. I didn't know until today that the the Oval Office is in between the the what you to get from the residence to the oval office he has to walk through the west wing which is full of people and i didn't know quite how small the rooms were they were they were all the journalists were saying that the white house itself is very small the hallways are small the rooms are small he's walking just going to the fucking oval office you know and then also ralph there's all these staff Member people that work in you know janitorial and housekeeping and chefs, all these people that have been getting sick over the last two or three months and it was never reported. They were not allowed to report that staff members and these are like some of these people and predominantly people of color have been at the White House thirty and forty years. You know mm-hmm. these are like these are like career people that that you know are like I said secretaries all the way down to the kitchen staff. Um, And it's just, you know, the only thing I can say is, as I was saying, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, just if you believe in karma or afterlife, the fact that 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 whole big, the, the spreading happened at her, that Rose Garden event where they were nominating that, fucking Amy Comer Barrett, you know, the fact that that's when it all happened, they, they're pretty sure, it's just so karmic, karmically beautiful. It's like they were hugging each other, kissing on each other at that event a week ago Saturday. And now we also found out that um, Trump wasn't getting tested every day like he said he was. He was getting tested every few days. But now, Ralph, being binary, I was afraid you picked up on this during the press coverage because it made me really start to think about our working situation. Okay. So they're basically saying that you can get infected and it can take two to five days for the symptoms to show up, but also two to five days before you test positive. So two to five days for the, yes, for the viral load to build up enough to show up. So all of us that are going back to work and working on these shows just because we're getting tested every morning, that doesn't mean that that negative test is real. Because we, we, have, we have a two to five day incubation period where it's not going to show up positive, even if we are. Mm-hmm. It's going to take two to five days. And that's what they so were saying. The reason, so- the reason Trump won't tell us when he actually had his last negative test, because they can go back and count and figure out exactly – all the events he was at when he was actually positive and didn't either he he knew it and still went or the tests were not showing it yet. I so see what these you're tests saying. are so not for, reliable at all. 
So, for example, say you are <clears throat> say you have it in your system on Sunday, mm-hmm. but you go to work, um, you go to the set, and you're tested Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those four tests will be negative, but on Friday the test could come positive. Correct? It, it could come positive, and then and so. The problem with that is now at the same time, you could be really negative and you're not going to have any symptoms. So it's kind of like it's, it's back to what they talk about, the integrity of these tests. But when they start talking about trace contacting and you go back and you realize when they said that you could be and then don't forget, there are asymptomatic people that are that are positive and are never going to test positive. They're mm. never going to show up positive. Oh, they're really? Be, I didn't know that. Their test is going to show negative. So it, 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 that's back to the whole thing about even though we're getting tested, it, it, that's why we still have to be masked and gloved. And I'm now thinking, I'm, I'm rethinking, you know, like on the movie set, you know, once we, once, like I said, there were many times when we were, we, they would say cut and I didn't have my mask on immediately and I would be standing talking. If I go back to work now, literally the moment the moment they say cut, my mask is going on and the hands are being washed. Like I'm not going to assume that just because we all tested negative, we're really negative. Well, because see, that's such an interesting point, Jasper. And this, <clears throat> thank you for bringing this up and talking about it so eloquently because it's like, for example, on the project that you did and I was saying to you – Okay, well, you and your co-star are standing next to each other face-to-face mm-hmm. with no mask on because you felt confident that you both had tested negative. But they could have right. been false negatives is what you're saying. Luckily, it to- wasn't. To- totally case. false negatives. So the point I'm making is, you, I mean, and there's false positives also, but I, I would think, you know what, I don't care. I'll take a fa- – I think a false positive, I'd rather someone get a false positive and go quarantine themselves. You know what I mean? Like – just err on the side of caution, that's okay. But the false negative is more dangerous because you're assuming that they're not negative. I mean, they're not positive. Well, and so, and well, so <clears throat> I'm going forward, like, like I have a good friend, you know, we have a friend now that's back working on days of our lives and she's getting tested. They only get tested every three days, but now I'm starting to realize that every three day testing might be why they're doing that because they realize that why waste it every morning when chances are it's the second or third day that you're going to, that the real positive is going to come out. It could be the fourth or the fifth, but I'm understanding now. And the really only real, the most accurate is the PCR test. And that takes, that takes a minimum of two days to get back. So these rapid 15 minute tests that we're all taking on the set, they do have the biggest uh, margin of error. So the well, only yeah, because a friend the, of- the ones that are like ninety eight percent sure are the pe- like the one I got at CVS in the drive through, and you have mm-hmm. to wait two days to get your results. Those are the most well, and again accurate. Well, they're accurate, but let's just say it takes you five days to get your results. Well, hell, you could have been reinfected oh. in the meantime. Oh my God! It's just such a question. I mean, I, I, you know, I, uh, as I, you know, I applaud you for supporting me in my decision to not return 
until things are more proven because of my mother. And, you know, you and I have a mutual friend who has been on a set, and just like you're saying, his response was, oh, God, the test takes like five seconds. You wait 20 minutes. We're all negative. We're good to go. Well, Mm -hmm. that's kind of living in a fantasy land or a hopeful land. You want to believe that that's true, but that is not – I, I know every nothing is 100%, but things could be 99%, and then maybe I would have a little bit more confidence. You, you're saying the, all the right things, and even you who's not afraid of COVID, you're starting well, to rethink like, well – Well, no, okay. I'm, I'm here honestly saying I've, I've completely reevaluated now. I'm not saying I won't go back to work, but when I do go back now, I will not – I will not engage with anyone. Well, I just, I'm not going to engage, to be honest. That's number one, without a mask on. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even even engaging with the mask on is going to be limited. I'm going to just go back to my dressing room. Like now I'm realizing I'm not going to take the risk of even, you know what I mean? Being I just can't take the risk. Right, hanging yeah. around other hanging around other people who are masked, who who have tested negative, you're not even going to take that water. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get within six to eight feet of them. Yeah, yeah. Not after. You know, another friend of ours that has returned to set. I asked her, and uh, she was like, "No, I, I I I posed the question: Are you nervous when you have to remove your mask and start dealing with your other actors, even though everyone has tested negative?" And she was like, "No, I'm not nervous at all." And that's still just, you know, for me, I'm. It's it just. When I think about how careful I am all the time and I get so nervous, like, oh, my God, I just touched a piece of mail and I forgot mm-hmm. to wash my hands. Oh, and I just gave Rose a piece of fruit. Oh, fuck. You know, when I think <laughs> of myself going through that, you know, <laughs> because, like, remember our friend Jennifer, she was like, I was so careful and still yeah. got it. And I don't want to fall into that category. Well, where well I'm just so- she was so careful other than flying around the country. You know. Oh, copy that. Copy that. Yeah, yeah Jasper. You know, it's point, almost like you know, you know how the people will say, "I don't know why I'm, I'm, I can't lose weight. I just, I don't eat. I never eat. I don't eat a meal." And then I go, well, "What did you have this morning?" Okay, well, I had a pop tart, and then because I didn't get to have breakfast, <laughs> and then I had like four handfuls of nuts, and then I didn't have lunch, and then I have two big hunks of cheese, and you know, I had some <laughs> some pretzels. But I never get to eat, you know, I don't get to, and then I really didn't have dinner. I just had like four slices of pizza and it's like, well, bitch, you just had like 17,000 calories. How did you not eat today? It's like when she was telling me that I'm like strolling, you know, scrolling through the Instagram going, here you are at the Miami airport. But I mean, she had her mask on and she had gloves on, but I'm just saying she's in Miami you know, she's in Chicago. It's like, well, I mean, don't act like you, you couldn't have been exposed. Right. You know, and, and back to our leadership in the government, it's so sad that even with his alleged sickness, going to the hospital and being released, why couldn't you, why couldn't you say, okay, guys, I get it. Please put on your mask. And, you know, let's really get down to business rather than saying, don't let it overrun your life. Okay, but remember, Ralph, remember the first video that he pre-recorded before he left. He he, Remember, the first one was very humble. Guys, this is very serious. 
um, you know, I masked. He did a whole thing. His first one was like, because I think he was really scared, you know. But then after he got pumped with all those experimental drugs that nobody else would ever get, and then and he's on roid rage, then of course he's like full on. I'm healed. I'm cured. You know, it's everything's perfect. So, you know, yeah. What I is don't the, know. What is the rest of the the planet Earth besides America thinking about us? Like to your point about back to the debate last night. <clears throat> Why was Pence even there? Because wasn't Pence at the Rose Garden function? He was, yeah. He, they, yeah, he should have been quarantined. That's what I was saying about about quarantine. So, you know, the thing is, we we're gonna do we're gonna do another breaking the news um, uh, at the end of this month, and we're gonna get because can you imagine between now and the end of the month how much other stuff is gonna happen? But at this point, it's time to get to our guests because we are so excited today we 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 have a journalist in fact he is actually called the power journalist um he's a writer he has he's basically known for right now he's already written over 13,000 articles a little bird told me today it might actually be now 14,000 i also heard that he is on a on a on a quest to break his own record and get up to 25,000 articles. We do love a competition. Um, so without further ado, please welcome today's guest, Marcos Papadakos. Hello, buddy. How are you? <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, Hi. did I did, did I butcher did I butcher your last name? No, that was fine. Oh, perfect. Okay, because I, I I listened. I tried. I I googled you, and I heard different three different uh, pronunciations. So I figured <laughs> you probably have heard it said so many different ways, right? Exactly. Hey, um, Marcos. This is Ralph. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you we're are very more than welcome. Honored. Now, listen. We want to make sure, Marcos. Um, even though the three of us are all uh, coming to each other remotely, I want to make sure that you have your PPE um, equipment <laughs> at hand and the fly swatter, okay? And the fly swatter, sure. exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on all your success. And um, I was mentioning that I, that you've, you've written it 13,000, but – I heard from my producer JR that maybe it's now fourteen thousand, or is that right? Or or who's thousand and counting? Yes, correct. Fourteen and up. Fourteen thousand yes. and fourteen and a half years. So that's a thousand a year, Marcos. Almost, yeah. Yep. Well, well and I also read that you interviewed one of our. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, you're right. Like nine hundred and thirty or forty a year around there. Wow, wow. that's amazing. And I well, see I that you. I read that you interviewed one of our very dear friends, Patrika Darbo. Oh, I love Patrika. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we're yes, finding we, out. We Ralph, love Patrika also. We're finding out, Ralph, that Marcos yeah. loves. Marcos is a fan of uh, of our show, Bronx SIU, which I'm a producer on. Yeah. So I wanted to say, first of all, Marcos, thank you for the the articles you did on uh, with Shanti and Brian and all your support of the show. Um, I love that so it's filmed in New York. How could I not? Right. <laughs> exactly. But you know, Ralph, Marcos also like us loves the Bay and Studio City. And um Absolutely. I you know, we've we've been blessed to have so many of the same actors and 
we had Gregory Martin, we had Sean Kane, and we had so many people on as well. And it, it, it also works out when it's great when you're actually a fan of the work as well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. for you, um, Marcos, have you it, it was pop culture and entertainment something you were always drawn to? Tell us about your your history and your beginning and growing up and how you got attracted to this whole crazy industry. Well, yeah, like I started off here in the, with country music on Long Island, and it was taboo at the time. And uh, in high school, nobody wanted to publish any of my country articles. And uh, it took me until college to get myself uh, for people to take me seriously. So I started off with the Queens College newspaper, The Night News, and everything from there catapulted to the stratosphere. Wow. So you, so it, what an anomaly in many ways. So here you were writing about country music. Cause you know, I don't think a lot of people don't understand the, the country music world, the fan base spreads out everywhere. A lot of times we think it's just the South, yeah. you know, or Nashville or whatever, but so were you, so you were a country music fan to begin with? Is yeah. That- at the time, but back then we didn't even have a country station in New York. So it was really taboo at the time. In like oh, 2001, wow. 2002, 2003, cool. so it was, yeah. Now, let me ask you, were, are, you um, are you fans of old school country, like like uh, Conway Twitty and Loretta yeah. Lynn? Or, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Because, you know, growing up in Georgia, there I was exposed to all of that, you know, and, and it's, there's, there's, I call it the old school, and then there's the new, the new country. Traditional, yeah. The more yeah, traditional. I love traditional. I love I love the, you know, the steel guitar, the fiddle, the crying, you know, the crying of the steel guitar. Yeah. yeah. The stories. I love the, I love the lyrics back then. I feel they don't make them like that anymore. Which just reminded me, I wanted to take a moment to say uh, our condolences for Eddie Van Halen's passing um, yesterday. Yes. What it talk, you know, talk about a guitarist and a musician. Um, he certainly touched a lot of people's lives. So anyway, I digress. I just wanted to, put that out there but now are you musical yourself at all i sing yeah you do sing okay that's, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. i can sing but yeah <laughs> well yeah, you love you love to sing who cares if it's good right <laughs> yeah yeah marco Go ahead, what's that i'm sorry uh, give us eight bars, <laughs> since you love to sing. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot. I want to listen. <laughs> do you have a um, – do you remember the very first article you wrote on about the country music industry that got published, I guess, yeah. or that got – That got published? Uh, yeah, because in prep, nothing got to me seriously. Right. Oh yes, that was my first. That was my first interview ever. Chuck Wicks. Yeah, and now he's like a country radio personality. Chuck Wicks. Oh. He was my first interview ever. And how would back now? What year are we talking about? Are we talking about two thousand? The early two. Two thousand and six. Two thousand and six. That was my February six to uh, February sixteen two thousand and six was my first article ever published. Wow. And so were you, did you, were you seeking out, do you found him on your own? Was it through, you know, uh, emailing and record social label. media record? record oh, label. through the yeah. record label. Okay. Yeah. So well, it's fascinating. Now. 
Now, how, congrats on the Digital Journal, of course, because that's sort of where people probably know you best from, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody knows me, yeah. From the Digital yeah. Journal, yeah. And, well, listen, in this crazy time, not we're not going to talk politics at all, but just in terms of, you know, the free press in general, it's, it's you know, I don't think a lot of people understand how important it is that we have the free First Amendment and press and and interviews Absolutely. and – you know, what, what, what is your take on one? Let me ask you, do you think, do you think the press has been uh, misaligned at all? And, you know, and I know there's, there's two views on everything about the press, but um, there's good journalism and bad journalism. Is that correct? Or would you say there's a, a yeah, gray area absolutely. in the middle? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good and bad. Good and bad. And, and so try what, to be on the, anti-TMZ. That's what makes me stand out. I'm the anti-TMZ journalist. The anti-sort of tabloid, right? The anti-salacious yes. yeah. tabloid, um, which unfortunately, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, right? Because in, in the, our business of show business, of course, you know, it's, it's you kind of have to try to thread lightly, right? Because tread lightly because you want, you want the press, but you know, I always say you want you want quality press over quantity press, I guess. Yes. But at the same time, I don't want nothing taken out of context, you know, in the articles that I write. That's why I want to be – I try to be as succinct as possible. Like, with me, in, 14, in the 14,000-plus articles, only three people ever claimed that I misquoted them. And I was right because I had everybody on tape. So, and still, mm-hmm. only three times, which is a pretty good statistic, like 99.9% accurate so yeah that's amazing you do record that's i was going to ask you yeah you I do, do record your, like, yeah in case that ever comes back to me i'm like look you said this 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 and right most of the times it's not because i misquoted them it's because they didn't like their answers that's what happens right right well, well, I, want, to our government. I wanted i wanted everyone to know that they can follow um follow you on twitter at at Power Journalist on Power Instagram. Journalist. It's yeah. the Power Journalist on, on Instagram. Yeah, and they Digital Journal, they can digitaljournal.com. And, um, yeah, they can see all the articles. Yeah, they can Google you and find all the all the stuff. Yeah. Now, are, do you have, do you have a, a set schedule of articles that you, that you put out at the Digital Journal, or do you just do it uh, on your own and they post it? Or, or do you have to... Or do you have to turn in X amount of interviews? I post them myself. I post them myself. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So what, okay, so you started with the country music and then how, what, how did you sort of venture into just all around celebrities? I think, were you a soap opera daytime fan also? The only one I watched when I was a kid was Passions, if you want to consider that a soap opera. Oh, yeah, of course. That was the only thing. But then all the other stuff I didn't. Like three years ago, I was asked to do one soap opera interview back with Scott Clifton when he won the Emmy. And then sure enough, then word got around how good I was. And then it came snowballing. Everything came snowballing after. I was never meant to be a soap opera adopted <laughs> in life. Well, they, you know, I say that about show business always. We Like a lot of us think that we we think we know what our path's going to be, right? And then we look back and we go, oh, yeah. my God, I – like I thought I was going to be like a stand-up comedian, 
sitcom actor, exactly. and I'm a serial, a serial killer, and Ralph thought he was going to be a rocket, and <laughs> exactly. And now, <laughs> radio and now he, rocket, yeah, yeah, and now he's just on radio, but that's okay, Ralph. Right. <laughs> but I'm still kicking my legs up, <laughs> yeah, even though I'm on the radio. Yeah. And your and your voice <laughs> will be heard, right? Yes. My voice. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Oh, yeah. my God. Exactly. You know no, I'm going to be Mar- saying that to you forever, Jasper, because of last night's debate. Marcos, we have this running joke, Jasper and I, because I'm always wanting to get my voice heard and making sure that I'm included in things. And now that Kamala has set the bar so high and being so eloquent and being able to just say, look at her opponent and go, I'm speaking. I'm speaking, yeah, with her beautiful <laughs> smile. Yeah, so that, you know, yeah. so – I am going to be throwing that into Jasper's face from now until we die. Okay, well, Jasper, wait, wait, thank you. Marcos, when we used to be in the studio, I had the ability to just mute his microphone, you know, but like, which they, sh- they, sh- they should do with the political debates. But um, let me ask you, have you interviewed politicians along the way at all? Not that many because, I don't know, r- rarely, a few occasions, yeah, but uh, yeah. I just uh, they don't come to me as often. And and do you find well and also do you find when you're doing the celebrity uh, interviews do 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 you do 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 they talk politics at all or do you find a lot of people want to stay away from it especially in today's climate? Some some talk a lot about it, but I'm like I'm not putting this in my article because somebody's going to take it the wrong way or out of context, mm-hmm. so I just don't put that in there. Exactly. I'm doing everybody a favor that. Yeah, right. I kind of had that. I had that thing about my on my show too. My whole thing is like Ralph and I will do like our our opening and we'll talk politics or whatever. But I would never invite someone on my show and you know put them on the you know talk politics. I don't. I you could, see it, you I, could see it on their Twitter feed. It's the same thing. Right. Exactly. And it's like me. I my personal social media I use for for political stuff, but my like professional pages, I don't, you know, cause I don't want to mix the, the business with the, the personal when it comes to stuff like religion and politics. So, um, but yeah, I'm just always fascinated by, cause I've just been, I've been doing the show now for 10 years and I get to interview uh, people and I've just always been fascinated by people's stories and like what their, yeah. you know, their, their beginnings and stuff like that. Um, do you find that with with actors and in general, do you find a common thread sometimes with all of us? Is it talking about uh, childhood <laughs> childhood experiences, yeah. or you know, like what what makes us want to do this crazy business? Yeah, you have to like uh, you have to not be in it like a hundred percent and not want anything else. It's like a calling. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it, uh, Marcus, do you have publicists seeking you out to have their clients interviewed by you? None. Two thousand a day. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And is there? I mean, you obviously, obviously, we know this because we have publicists. But you you build a rapport with certain publicists, and you've worked with them, and you you yeah. know their clients. And um, I would think now because of social media and all the different ways people can get to you, it's you're bombarded, I would think. I am. Um, that's the hardest thing is who to say no to every day. I only say six to eight yeses a day, so it's hard. Wow. I mean, it's hard. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's hard. Um, 
what is what's upcoming? What's your upcoming articles that people can look for? And, and when's the what's the current ones? I do a lot on swimmers these days because they're getting ready to compete in the international swimming league on next week, actually. So the whole month I've been uh, finishing up the swimmer interviews before they go overseas. Oh, wow. That's great. I do sports as well. Yeah. At the same time I started soaps, I also got into the sports and swimming world. So that was like a nice treat. Mm-hmm. Well, especially, I mean, with, uh, unfortunately we had to miss the Olympics, you know, because of, because of yeah. COVID, but and it's hard I'm, for everyone. Like I, my heart goes out to them because all it 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 hit them all very hard. You know, they were they had the sights set high on Tokyo, and now they're all like a year later. It's hard because the older ones are getting older, and the younger ones are getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So it's tough right. being an athlete in this. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Now, how does a swimmer wear a mask? Excuse me. Well. I was thinking, how do swimmers wear masks to protect themselves when they're working out and, and training? They don't, I guess. Well, swimmers have the chlorine, so they're lucky. They have the chlorine. That kills everything. I see. I guess, hopefully. But um, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about when, when we're kids, you know, the masks you wear to go underwater and look at yeah. things like they cover your the entire, snorkels, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that was the, yeah, that's kind of, now they just do the goggles for the eyes. But um, is there a particular sport that you're, uh, you know, that you're a go-to fan of, or you're a baseball, uh, football over baseball, track or do you kind of track and field? Okay. Did you do that? Did, that were, yeah. did, did you participate yourself as an athlete when you were yeah. younger or, okay. In the nineties, when I lived in Greece, I did triple jump. Yes. Mm. You know, so yeah, Greece is one of, you know, Greece is such, uh, here in this country, I grew up, you know, Greece had this sort of magical, mythical quality about it for me. And um, I know the country went through some hard times financially in the last years or whatever, but it's because it's still one of a, Americans' favorite tourist spots. I have friends that have gone there and, I'm still dying eventually to get there. Um, do you miss parts of Greece? Yes, the islands are so beautiful there. Like, and it's, it's siesta time. The whole town sits down for five hours, and everybody watches American soaps with Greek subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. For well, five you know, hours. Marcus um, Jasper is from Athens, so there's, right. there's that. Athens, Georgia. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. When did you when did you move to New York? Well, I I was born here, but then we moved there for five years from like ninety four to ninety eight, and then I I went I did my growing up my formative years there, so it was interesting. Did you did you serve in the military there? No, I was just too. Um, I'm going to be thirty five next week, so I was too young at the time. Okay, because I didn't know they used to have that. Do they still have the mandatory military service yeah. for? Okay, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm born in America, so I wouldn't have right, to worry about that until I'm 45, and then yeah, I'll be too <laughs> old they, by then. So, yeah. And then they don't want you, right? You're like, oh, I'm exactly. too old. That's the whole point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm, I'm too busy interviewing to do military. I can't oh do my military. god, that's so Please funny. Have people to interview. Ralph, have you been to uh, Greece in all your travels? No, I have not been there yet. I don't know when I'll ever get out. to go, but. 
gotta go. Say, what did you say, Marcos? You're missing out. You need to go to Greece. It's one of the most beautiful countries in the world. No, no yes, hopefully whatsoever. one day I hopefully one day I'll be able to under this current climate, not going anywhere. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. Their their rates are so low. It's really nice. Uh, COVID there in Greece. You're right. You know, come to think of it, I have you really don't hear much about the outbreaks or, you know, the pandemic there, which, which, like you said, if we're not hearing about it, that means they've got, they're doing a good job of keeping it, you know, under control. Um, my whole island, the whole time, only had one case. My whole oh island, my God. the whole time. So. That's so amazing. Like, now, they took the lockdown uh, seriously there. They, like, everybody, like, were in their houses. So, yeah. Now, how, how were you being in New York during this time? Are you, are you in the city yeah. or... Yeah. Long Island, Long Island. Okay. So, I mean, because every New York was hard hit and then you guys really pulled it together. And and now I I understand now there's some hot spots, you know, but that's understandable when people start going back to school and, you know, yeah. So it's um, Marcos, this is interesting. I'd like to ask you about when you said that Greece shut down. The, yeah. the the consciousness of of your culture really adhered to that rule. It sounds like like people because just they stayed indoors. Them. They were caught outside. They would give them a fine, and nobody could afford a, a hundred fifty euro fine there. So, so everybody's like, "Well, staying home." Right. That that's something we should have done there. But you know, guys, it's sad. But it's almost like it 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 talks. I mean, somebody said in a focus group last night, an, an undecided voter said, you know. You know, you can't blame the government for everything. Americans, we made the choice to not wear the mask. You know, there are certain people. There, there are those of us that just didn't care. Basically, you know, we 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 put our needs before others, and that's become a very ugly American uh, stereotype that's gone out across the world. And I think when you're talking about Greece and certain other cultures, even in Italy, you know, they 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 knew that it was better to try to protect everybody and not just take care of themselves. So hopefully one day, you know, we'll get back to that. But I think that's a, that's a whole different culture as well that uh, us spoiled Americans. I say that we're all Americans here on the, on the call, but you know, it's, um, yeah, it's embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Just people's, you know, their, their need to be, I want what I want right now. Um, now, do you have mm-hmm. kids, Marcos? Nope, not yet. No kids. Okay, so you're not dealing with the homeschooling or any of that stuff. No. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Tell me, what are the um, what are the entertainment stories right now that that like you're most drawn to? Are you know what's the stuff in the news right now that Besides COVID, because everything gets painted in a COVID, you know, just in terms yeah. of the industry, you know, there's no movies right now. And just seeing how everyone's having to reframe, I guess. And are you watching, are you doing a lot of streaming, a lot of binging on Netflix? Whatever they send me to review, because I'm always working. I love it. Like, but uh, it's fun. I don't, I don't, um, between, I don't differentiate work and pleasure. So that's, a good thing i guess but sometimes it can be overwhelming because the choice the options to like stream are like endless that they i'm being sent every day 
So it's like pick and choose. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you, do you, I mean, now that we've gotten so used to staying home, doing the streaming and the screeners and stuff, can you imagine like what it's, do you think going back to a, a say a premiere or a, a screening, do you see that day ever being back to where it was? No, I do yeah. not. Nope. Yeah, I mean, in some ways. Everything's going to look different from now on. Yeah, Ralph and I have talked about that. You know, there's always with with the horrendous stuff like a, the coronavirus, obviously, you know, the horrible part of the death. Like but the red carpet there's interviews. A, I don't see those ever happening again, red carpet interviews. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like. Yeah, it's going to be like in cubicles, remember, with like, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I I mean, but and then that, and a lot of people don't understand that cuts into a lot of business. You know, there's there are um, event companies that do nothing but plan those kind of parties and the red carpets. Exactly. And, yeah, so it can be really, it can be a really um, devastating to the industry. But you know what? I think, like you said, we're all learning to kind of reframe and regroup, and show business will go on. You know, we're all always going to want entertainment and. Uh, Absolutely. So tell us. So you're you've got the you've set this personal goal of twenty five thousand, right? Now, is there a time limit on that? No, no time limit. But yeah, yeah, I was shocked that I did fourteen thousand so quickly. But yeah, with the cold, with the pandemic, I was stuck at home writing, so it was interesting. Right. Well, and you'll you have no it. problem meeting your goal, uh, Marcos, because you're turn you're only ans- you're only saying yes to six to eight per day. Yeah. So. You you can pick and choose when you want to meet your goal, you know. Exactly. And, um, and because you're so prolific and so sought after, you and, and during this pandemic, you're you're still able to work because you can do everything remotely. Of course. I'm busier than ever now. I don't think people realize that. They think I'm I'm not busy, but ever since, like all I, I receive all day is pitches because everybody's on their computer. The publicists aren't on planes traveling anymore, so it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Right. No, good and, for you. And Fridays is the worst because it's New Music Friday, so every new song in the world comes in my inbox, press release wise. Oh wow! wow. Now yeah, Fridays you, are. That's why I dread New Music Fridays every week. <laughs> because you get bombarded with the all the new releases. Yeah, and I go for the heavy Did, hitters. I'm like I. If I know the song's going to go number one, I'm going to say yes to it. But if not, it's chances are I'm going to decline it. Because now, how can you predict that a song is going to go number one? I have a good ear. Like 51 Men in Country went number one after me, after a Marcos interview. So I have a good ear. Like what? I go for lyrics, production, and melodies. I have a good, and if it's relevant at the time, socially and mm-hmm. culturally, I know. I know. That's God, what, that's so that's great, Marcos, because now these <clears throat> these managers of these musicians are going to clamor to get to you because it's like, God damn it, if we get interviewed by Marcos, your shit will be number one. That's yeah. a good thing. But at the same time, to the end of that, then once the same artists reach a certain level, then they don't make themselves available to you, which is unfortunate. That's the sad part. Mm. Right. Because I've had... I've had tons that are still awesome to me and great. And then a lot of them, once they reach the level, like, okay, they're not available for interviews anymore because now they only do Rolling Stones. So I'm like, darn it. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, right. listen, I can't, I can't say it enough. Is what it Congratu- is. Congratulations on all the 
wonderful Thank people you. you've interviewed and just the fact that you get to do, you know, sports and entertainment and pop yeah, culture and, mu- keeps and music. Yeah, I like the fact music that you just, classic. you know, you're not locked into one genre, which is really Exactly. Really exciting, exciting, and I again. Sports are um, the most challenging place. You have to do your research for sports. People don't realize you have to know the sport. You have to know the times, the strokes. Like yeah, all these. It's a lot. It's a lot statistics, of statistics. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. And this, and you know, and sports have been hit so hard with with COVID too, and you you see how they exactly. teams try to come back and then they get shut down and. So it's like one step forward, one step back. So, well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I want to thank you again for the support on Bronx SIU and the Bay and all of our favorite favorite actors and, and J.R. Rosenberg, my co-producer, and he just speaks so highly of you. So I'm so glad we got to finally meet and, uh, Hopefully we can uh, do an interview one day. Ralph and I will. We will. Love we to. will. I promise. That would be that would be amazing. So again, stay safe out there. Everyone, check out um, at Power Journalist and at the Power Journalist, and also go to digitaljournal.com. Oh, quickly, Ray, uh, Raver Magazine. Are you? Yes. Do you have stuff that right there as well? Right. Yeah, I'm a managing editor. Congratulations. That's fan- That's so cool. Everyone, check it out. Thanks, Marcos. We'll talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye-bye, Marcos. Thank you very Take much. Care. Wow, that's amazing. It's so weird. You know, because we're used to interviewing people, but not in a print form, you know. So, um, and and it's interesting because – I, writing in general is such a, a solitary thing, right? It, you, you're kind of alone when you do it, and I think exactly you really have to you have to have a love for it. Well, what I like that he said is that he's very succinct in what he writes, so he won't be misquoted. You know, right. and that's been the bane of everybody's interview. Is like, no, I didn't say that. Oh, I wish I wish they had gotten that right. What I had said, you know. So kudos to him for maintaining that integrity. Uh, what I meant to ask him is, does he have any kind of assistant? It sounds like he's doing everything himself. Yeah. I think he's like a one man show, but again, I think it's probably uh, easier when everything is either on the computer or our social media, you know, DMS and in- mm-hmm. inboxes and stuff like that, or probably not even have other than probably doing the interviews on the phone you know, taping them, um, especially now. I mean, I don't know that he did that many in-person interviews because it, it you know, more than likely he probably does them over the phone. So, um, well, yeah. I mean, even with our interview today with Marcos, there's already a, you know, one part of the research said thirteen thousand, and it's really fourteen thousand. You know, so right there, there's a discrepancy. Yeah, you know? I think, so, like I said, I think ever since his. Um, the press that's out there now on him. That's why Jr. called to say, Oh guys, he's already, it's already up to 14,000, you know, from right. Right. When, when the bot, his bio says, uh, 13. So, and you know, we can't, again, Googling someone half the time, this stuff's not right anyway. So, well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why they do those fact checks after the debate. 
you know, because if they didn't, you know, we'd all be walking away with certain information that wasn't true at all. Speaking of the debate, okay, fly on his head, go. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, oh, I did just you think see that she's orchestrating everything. Where, yes. <laughs> where she, I sent the fly. I sent the fly. <laughs> I mean, I that think she sent the, the COVID, she sent COVID to the Rose Garden. Because don't forget, um, last month Melania butchered the Rose Garden. She dug up all those trees in the Rose Garden. So she oh. already butchered the Rose Garden to start with. And Jackie, Jackie O had planned that Rose Garden, and it's never been changed since she decorated Why did Melania the, do that? Because she wanted something Because she's a cold-hearted bitch. She just wow. doesn't – she's like, you know, Eastern European and – you know, got ice in her fucking blood. I mean, listen, her best friend that her book came out, um, her best friend of 10 years wrote a book because they were slandering her. And she just, she released those audio tapes where you hear Melania talking about decorating for Christmas. She's like, oh, who the fuck wants to decorate the White House for fucking Christmas? And she's like the mother of a, of a 12-year-old. She's just a wow. nasty, <laughs> cold cunt. Okay, this is something I'd like to ask you, Jasper. I mean, allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, she's welcome. Because after she's out of all, after they leave, our show is probably the only place that would even have her. So she's welcome here anytime. <laughs> I love, I love that. It's just like our show is probably the only one that like would accept so, her. But so we are gladly extending invitations now to any current White House or former Trump administrators, anyone from the White House that would like to come talk to us after they leave the White House, because no one else is going to talk to you. So come on over here to One on One with Jasper Cole. Oh, my God. Let me ask you something. <clears throat> I felt the moderator, Susan, um, as you know, I'm politically not in the know about things, but I've seen different comments online that say fire Susan. Why are people saying that? Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I think it's, it, it's the second thankless job after hosting the Oscars, right? I mean, like Chris Wallace got slammed. First of all, if, unless you can unless you can cut their mic off, I mean, now I mean, what, unless you can physically get up and punch him in the face and make him stop talking, I mean, you can't make a human being stop talking, right? So all she could do was try to interrupt him. But you know, I love it. I think they should have the kind of. I think Ellen does the thing, or she had a game show where the floor opens up and you drop through the floor. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be great if like. They ask you three times to quit talking, and then they just push a button, and the floor opens, and you drop. That through. would be so bad. Oh, so that's why they were saying fire her because she couldn't get him to shut up. Well, yeah, but it's like, well, how do you, you know? And then poor Kamala, because you know, the Kamala that we've all come to love is she will cut your throat, right? We've seen her in the Senate, we've seen her in these interrogations, but you know, unfortunately, she can't come off as the angry black woman. So, you know, because now she's the vice president, she's not the president. So she's trying to not come off as the angry black woman because, God forbid, Patricia in Tennessee and the suburbs gets upset, you know, that a, a, mm-hmm. a black woman is angry. So she, she was trying to, like, be uh, cordial and follow the rules 
because you know I wanted her several times to just tell him to shut the fuck up. Like Biden oh, exactly. told but, Biden told Trump, man, just shut up. Last week, yeah, but then she would have been lambasted for that, you know. And of to course. your point, they would have been like, "This is why we can't have a black woman in office because that's how she's going to act," you know. And but she, what she already do, has that. She already has that reputation because she's such a barracuda in all of these Senate hearings, you know. And and don't forget, in the presidential debates, she just mauled Biden. You know, she went after him big time. So everyone expected that. I think it was great that she showed this other side where she was very beautiful and kind and, and, but concise and, but yet patronizing at the same time. Well, yeah, she was very gracious. Well, one thing I liked about Kamala is that she, she, she let her realness come through. Like I love when she looks at the camera and goes, y'all, when she says y'all, it just makes it so real. You know, it's like, y'all, come on. Now, if you knew on January 28th that this was, which was my anniversary of Michael and I marrying, by the way, the 28th. Oh, congratulations. But, thank you. But if the, the way she would look at the camera and go, y'all, if you knew on January 28th that this was all going down, maybe you would have had some wherewithal to go like, okay, we need to save some money. We need to stock up on something. That makes her very real to me, you know? Yeah, and Totally. And I think, and so much, so many of us in the in watching her need to see that, you know, it 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 needs to be a little less formal and have her go, y'all, listen, if you at all, because then that makes the naysayers go, you know what, she's fucking right. You mean these fuckers knew on January twenty eighth that this was going down and they never told us, man, we could have sold Mama's tractor or we could have bibbity bobbity bob. To help protect us, but they didn't, you know, that's what makes her very real to me. Everybody is going to make mistakes. Everybody is going to have to backtrack. It's so annoying when they ask you the next question and go, okay, let me go back. And it's like, oh, girl, you know, I mean, the white man did it more than she did. But I love when she said, "Uh uh-uh, Susan, uh uh-uh, he is slamming my character. We got to fix this right the fuck now. So. I am not going to be lectured by the vice president about how I do my job. And that was good. You know, it's well, like especially that since to- she was a federal prosecutor and the attorney general of California. You know, it's like, don't tell a lawyer over here how to act and what to say, because she will exactly. rip him apart with his, well, with yeah. his, you know, pink eye, watery coronavirus looking thing. The thing that's scary. Well, first of all, I am not one of those people that thinks that, you know, he's scarier than Trump. You know how some people say, oh, my God, Pence will be worse than Trump. No, he won't, first of all. Pence is a career politician. He's not going to do anything stupid like Trump does. He's not going to embarrass the country like Trump does because, you know, he talks in this very measured Ralph. I am telling you now that I'm a racist, but I will, and I'll also slit your throat, but it's all good because we're reunited under, you see what I mean? Like he's able to say pretty much the, a lot of the same things Trump says, but he does it in a much more uh, calm manner. But mm-hmm. I keep saying I'm ready for the fake politicians again. I, after four years of this chaos, I just want someone that gets up there and is polite to people, lets the journalists ask questions, you know, 
uh, pretends that he gives a shit. I really don't care at this point. I want to. I well, want that, somebody to get up there and not embarrass the country. Well, yeah, and that's what Kamala was saying. Biden will do. He knows yes. how. He when they ask the question, what. How will you run the country? What makes your administration the one to be the leader is because we know how to talk to people and communicate. And just like you're saying, Jasper, it's all about communication. If you and I are having a conversation and go, Jasper, I, honey, I, I just can't agree with that because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to lambaste you and cut into you, that's when you're going to become defensive and cut my mic off. You know, right. and stop paying me to do the show every week. You know, so I'm oh. not going to do that. You know, yeah, we'll talk about that. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. No, oh, no, wow. Just, uh, I, guess, I guess I forgot a lot lately. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah you well, have. You know, that was, but, but again, once you once you got the, the, the gig, remember, once you were made the permanent co-host, um, that's not renegotiable f- for another year. So any terms that we agree to. Um, that won't be addressed until next year. Well, so that's good. I'm like RBG, honey. I'm not going any the fuck where. This shit is for life, goddammit. You know, so. Oh, so um, you're, yeah, I, like you, this is a, a Supreme Court nomination for you. Right. <laughs> you are judge and jury for life. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I really, you know, me, you know me who is, um, I'm not Binary. politically savvy like you and Erica are. And so for me to be so excited last night to watch this, I had Rose's, we had our dinner, we were in front of this TV, Rose watched and understood things, you know, yeah, I was very proud of Kamala and, you know, because Michael knew her also, it, it was a very nice thing to be talking to Michael and going, Michael, look at your friend. She's on fucking 70 million viewers, you know, which is 55 more than um, when I was on Desperate Housewives. But I hate talking about myself and boomeranging. I Wait, you were that. on Desperate? You were on Desperate Housewives? I, you know, thank you for bringing oh. it up. Yes, I oh was. Oh my God, yes, I Ralph! I mm. didn't. Where can people see that? Well, you can go to YouTube, girl, and you can um, go to my. Well, website you know, or when Google. we have more time on another show, but it looks like we are all out of time. We are right at the – ooh, look at the time. So everybody, please – Where does it go? Make sure, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you tune in. Everyone, please follow us on social media. Jasper Cole says, S-A-Y-S, also at Ralph Cole Jr. You can go to jaspercole.com. There's a link to the show. Um, everyone, be safe. Social distance, wear your mask, wear your shields, panty shields and face shields. Uh, put, your hand, put, your, put your poise pads on. Get your shields on. It depends your, on you. Get your, get your UGG boots on, your swimming goggles. Get your hula hoops and your swim caps ready because oh. – Look out, world. Here we come. And we will be back next Thursday. Everyone, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.